Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the audio ministry of Lighthouse Baptist Church in Schenectady, New York. For more great content, please visit us at lighthousebaptist.org. Now let's open our hearts and minds to the Word of God. Father's Day. <laughs> Happy Father's Day to all of the fathers in the room, and uh, my father is 12 hours away. I wish I could see him today, you know, and uh, if you got a father, tell him you love him today and cherish him, and it's important. One of these days, as most of you know, uh, you're not going to have a father after a certain amount of time. But, you know, pastor doesn't have a father, and many of you others don't. To cherish your dad, and I want to cherish my dad as long as I got him here. And uh, if you don't have a dad here, you ought to be thankful you have a heavenly Father in heaven that loves you, and uh, He gave His Son to die for you. And uh, so, a special day today. Not only that, but it's my wife and I's second anniversary on today, on Father's Day. We got married on no, we got married on Friday, is how it landed this year. So. Uh, two years, so we got a lot of catching up to do for some of you folks. Two-year anniversary, so what a joy it is to be married uh, to my wife for these last two years, and we're looking forward to many years of ministry together, serving God wherever that may be, and uh, all for the glory of God, because that's what it's about anyway. Visitors, thank you for being here this morning, and uh, make our visitors feel welcome. It's good if uh, folks have never been here before, make them feel like they're at home. I think our slogan here is, it's like family here, right? So make them feel like family. That'll be good. And uh, one other thing I wanted to say that it slipped my mind. Oh, for some of you that don't know who we are, um, there's some new faces that I do not recognize. And uh, so we are church planners, as uh, Brother Horn had mentioned, Pastor Horn. And so we are coming to the area to start a church with God's help, of course. And um, we're excited to see what God's going to do in an area like this. It's in need of gospel-preaching churches. So we're excited for that. And pray with us about that. We have prayer cards uh, if you need one of those, okay? It's good to be in church, isn't it? Amen. All right. Let's turn in our Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter number 10 this morning. 1 Samuel chapter number 10. 1 Samuel chapter number 10, and we'll drop down to verse number 17. 1 Samuel 10, 17. You missed the Sunday school lesson this morning. You missed a blessing, and uh, it was so good, I might as well re-preach it again. Some of these folks weren't here to hear it, so no, I'm just kidding. But if you have to pick a service, uh, I would recommend that you come back tonight. If you had to pick one, and uh, re- I recommend you come back tonight so that you can hear our pastor preach, and that will be good, okay? First Samuel 10, let's stand, Se- uh, verse number 17, let's stand as we read the Word of God, and we'll read it as we honor and stand, and uh, there's nothing spiritual, overly spiritual about standing, but I like to do it as we reverence the Word of God, okay? First Samuel 10, 17, and Samuel called the people together unto the Lord to Mizpah, and said unto the children of Israel, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought up Israel out of Egypt and delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all kingdoms. 
and, all, and of them that oppressed you. And ye have this day rejected your God, who himself saved you out of all your adversities and your tribulations. And ye have said unto him, Nay, but set a king over us. Now therefore present yourselves before the Lord by your tribes and by your thousands. And when Samuel had caused all the tribes of Israel to come near, the tribe of Benjamin was taken. When he had caused the tribe of Benjamin to come near by their families, the family of Matri was taken, and Saul the son of Kish was taken. And when they sought him, he could not be found. Therefore they inquired of the Lord further, if the man should yet come thither. And the Lord answered, Behold, he, had hid, he hath hid himself among the stuff. Would you go figure, the king of Israel is hiding himself among the stuff. Verse 23, And they ran and fetched him thence, and when he stood among the people, he was higher than any of the people from his shoulders and upward. We have a pretty tall man here. And verse 24, And Samuel said, To all the people see ye him whom the Lord hath chosen. God hath chosen him, that there is none like him among all the people. And all the people shouted and said, God save the king. You wonder where... Uh, uh, monarchs get God saved the king right here it's biblical right there for you verse 25 then Samuel told the people the manner of the kingdom and wrote it in a book and laid it up before the Lord and Samuel sent all the people away and every man to his house and Saul also went up to Gibeah and there went with him a band of men whose hearts God had touched but the children of Belial said how shall this man save us and they despised him brought him no presence, but he held his peace. I want to get my thought this morning from verse 26. And there went with him a band of men whose hearts God had touched. So I want to speak on this subject this morning as God touched your heart. Heavenly Father, I ask that you bless the service uh, this morning as we open your word and hear preaching out of your word. Lord, you have spoken to my heart and I pray you'd help speak through your word this morning and that you may get the glory out of it. I pray you get me out of the way so that all the attention can be focused on you. Father, we love you. Thank you for the folks that have come out this morning. pray you bless them, bless all the fathers, and bless the dear folks of Lighthouse Baptist Church. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. I want to speak on this subject, Has God Touched Your Heart? When I read verse 26, the Bible says, and Saul also went home to Gibeah, and there went with him a band of men. And I like that, that there was a band of men. That it, it just, I mean, you don't got to be um, qualified or educated. When you think about a band of men, think about men, and, and they were tied together for a reason. And we see why they were tied together, why they were joined together, why they were one accord, while they were together. If you keep reading, the Bible says, with a band of men whose hearts God had touched. They were joined by the simple fact that God had touched their heart. God had touched their heart. And we see a contrast in verse number 27. They, they were not, they might have been a different band of men, but they were not this band of men. Verse 27 says, but the children of Belial, that's pretty much the children of the devil. The children of Belial said, how shall this man save us? And they despised him and brought him no presents. But look at Saul. He held his peace. So we have, a, we have a group here. And I want to focus not so much on verse 27, but on verse 26. The band of men whose hearts God had touched. So we see here 
Where, where, where do we come from in this passage of Scripture? And we see here in 1 Samuel chapter number 8, and I'm going to read a little bit for you. 1 Samuel chapter number 8, the Bible says in verse 1, And it came to pass when Samuel was old that he made his sons judges over Israel. Now the name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second Abiah, and they were judges in Beersheba. And his sons walked not in his ways as, as look at this, look up this way. As God, fathers, as godly as you are, if you train up your or what, what's the end result of what your child does, whether your mom or dad or whoever you are, or if your grandma raising a grandchild, you cannot do, have the end result of uh, what, the, what it's going to be. All you can do is raise them up right. And so we see here, as godly as a man as Samuel was, look what his sons did in verse number 3. And his sons walked not in his ways. but turn, This is the prophet Samuel, folks. And his sons walked not in his ways, but turned aside after lucre. They were, they were greedy. That's what that pretty much means. And took bribes and perverted judgment. So anything Samuel was, his sons were pretty much the opposite. Godly, and then they turned out to me not so godly. Verse number four. Then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together and came to Samuel under Ramah. In verse number five, and, and said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. So we kind of have a cause and effect uh, relationship here. Because the, the sons of Samuel didn't turn out like Samuel did, because the sons of Samuel weren't godly men, the, the people of all Israel, they said, we don't want your sons to reign over us, to be our prophet, to be our leader. We want a king. And they were pretty much saying, God, uh, before this, okay, God is our king. When, we, when you hear the word Theocracy, that means God is your king. God is your leader, right? And so we have God is the leader. God's always been the leader. By the way, he still is uh, the king as far as I'm concerned. So we have God as the head uh, of our government, okay? And so we have here these people. They do not want Samuel's sons to reign over them, to, proph to prophesy with them because of how they turned out. So in turn, they said, we want a king. We want a king like the world. The, the world has kings. The, the foreign lands, the, the ungodly territories, they have kings. And uh, for them to want a king, well, it must be working out somewhat. So let's have a king just like they do. So they wanted a king. Israel demands a king. And you know what God does? Look what God does in verse number 7. He grants the request. And the Bible says in verse 7, And the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people and all that they say unto thee, for they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. That's a strong statement, folks, when the God of all heaven is saying, These people, my people, Israel, they have not rejected you, Samuel. Your sons didn't turn out right, but they haven't rejected you. They've rejected me. And so when you get to a place where you reject God and say, I want a king rather than I want God, that's a not, you're treading in, in bad water, folks. 
Verse number 8. According to all that the works which they have done since the day that I brought them up out of Egypt, even unto this day, wherewith they have forsaken me and served other gods, so do they also unto thee. Now therefore hearken unto their voice, howbeit yet protest solemnly unto them, and show them the manner of the king that shall reign over them. So God grants the request, but God tells Samuel, Hey, I want you to tell them if they want a king, I'll grant it, but I want you to tell them how bad it's going to be with a king. So if you go down, and I'm not going to read for a second time, verse 10 through 18, Samuel pretty much goes through the go, uh, goes in front of the people and tells them, you're, going to, you're, you're wanting a king, right? And they said, yeah, we want a king. Well, this is how the king's going to turn out, and it's not going to be very favorable. But they say, we want a king anyway. So we see here in verse 19 through 22, Israel will not be dissuaded from having a king, and God officially uh, grants her, he officially grants her request. Look at verse number 19 of 1 Samuel chapter number 8. Verse 19, nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. Samuel was trying to get them away from wanting a king, but they refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, Nay, but we will have a king over us. Not God as their king. They wanted a man king. Verse 20, that we, may also, that we also may be like all the nations. That our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. So stop right there for a moment. Isn't that what God's been doing the whole time? Verse 20, that we may be like all the nations. I don't want to be like everybody else. You see, uh, if, if we wanted to go over to if we wanted to go over to England, and, and we know that they have a monarchy and they have a king, and by the way, England has turned into one of the most atheistic, godless places in the whole world. One, at one point, they were one of the hotbeds of Christianity. When they had men like Charles Spurgeon and men like D.L. Moody that would go, and other men like that. But now, today, they're in a place where they don't know God if God would hit them in the back of the head. So they're in a place. So, so they say, we want a king like everybody else. Folks, we are a chosen generation. We are a peculiar people. We are a royal priesthood. We're not supposed to be like everybody else. So why are you saying, is having a king wrong? Not necessarily, but if you're doing something for the simple fact of doing it like everybody else, then that's when you get wrong. Because they're replacing God with a man-made king, and his name was Saul. So we have, we, have here, um, we have here a place where we're going to see that Saul, he is going to, of course, ruin things, right? And so we have here in verse number 19 and 20 where we see that they no longer want God, they want a king. So verse number 20, we see here again that we may also be like all the nations and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. And Samuel heard all the words of the people and he rehearsed them in the ears of the Lord. And this is where God, he, he uh, officially grants the request. Verse 22. And the Lord said to Samuel, Hearken unto their voice, and make them a king. And Samuel said unto the men of Israel, Go ye every man unto his city. So we see here in our text later on in verse, uh, uh, 1 Samuel 10 that Saul, Saul is the one that sought out. 
Saul is head and shoulders above everybody else. Saul is the one that God officially picks to be the king. The people wanted the king, so they picked Saul to be the king. So God picked Saul to be the king. Saul was head and shoulders above everybody else, a, a, a good young, a good-looking guy, and all that stuff as you read there. But we see here in our text that, that Saul is officially uh, picked as king. So we see here in our text, uh, 1 Samuel chapter number 10, in verse 26 in our text verse, we see here, there went with him a band of men whose hearts God has touched. And may I stop and say this? You know, we, we live in uh, America. We live in 2022. This is Schenectady, New York. Am I right? Am I dreaming or am I in Schenectady, right? Somebody say amen. amen. All right? So we're in Schenectady, New York. And so we're in a place in, in our nation today where I know for without a shadow of a doubt that God uh, is not touching hearts the way we see here. And you say, is that God's fault? Absolutely not. That's our fault. That's whose fault it is. By the way, it's the church's fault because we're not praying for, for God to really sweep through us and sweep through this place. So we're, we're, we're in a place today, folks, that we've met, and we're in uncharted territory the way we're going as a country and as we're going. And I think about, we're, this is Father's Day, right? And this is Father's Day. This is a special day for fathers that we get to recognize. And I think a lot of the burden of our country, it should be, and rightfully so, should be laid upon our fathers. The fathers. Why do you say that? Well, the fathers are the leaders. The men are the leaders. God has chosen men to be leaders. That doesn't discredit what moms and wives do. God has just set it up in his system that men and fathers lead. So, so you want to blame anybody, don't blame the women, blame the men. And so we have a lot of work to do, folks. And we say, oh, we come to church continuously, and we, we pray, and we read our Bibles, and we do and do and do. But, folks, something's not working because... We, we continue to come to church, we continue to read our Bibles, we continue to, or at least say we do, but nothing much is changing. God's not sweeping through here. I don't know about you, but I'd like to see a sweeping revival come through this region of the country. I'd like to see God just work in a way that we've never seen before. I'd like to see where men, I'm talking about godly men, stand up for what's right, and don't back down to what's wrong. I like to see a place where we have strong men that are going to stand up with backbone and aren't going to let the world push them around. We need men that are not going to be like these Israelites to say, we want things like the world wants them. No, we want things the way God wants them, and the way God wants them is the only way. I want us to have men like that. We need fathers like that because when we have fathers like that, we can continue to hand that to generation and generation and more generations. But if we don't have fathers that are going to do that, then we're going to continue to see our world downward spiral. I already know Christ is coming back soon. We already know that, right? And so we know he's coming back. But if we don't do anything with, our, with us as men and us as fathers and leaders... And I say us, I'm not a father yet, but one of these days that we're praying that, I can be, that, uh, that we can be parents. 
So, so we see here, we have a responsibility as men. We have a responsibility as fathers. And wives, you have a role to play too. And mothers, you have a role to play too because if you're not supporting God's system, if you're not supporting God's leadership, then, then the thing's not going to work. You see, it's kind of like a, like a, a, um, a well-oiled machine. If, if the, the gears aren't turning and, and the oil's not like it should be, then the thing's not going to operate like it should. Well, men and women, mothers and dads, they work together to do what God's system has been planned out to do from the beginning. Mothers and dads, husbands and wives, they go together. One can't be without the other and the thing to run smoothly. So we need the wives to cooperate with the men and the men to lead the wives to be able to see this thing run through. So I see here this morning that there was men, the Bible said, whose hearts God had touched. A band of men. You know God's looking for a band of men this morning. Lighthouse Baptist Church. Wouldn't it be something if God could say, hey, I got a, I got a band of men at Lighthouse Baptist Church. I got a band of men who love me. I got a band of men who are brave and courageous and they're bold and, and, and they got grit. You know, we need men with grit. And we, we, need, we need men that just, uh, they're, they're just not, the, as the Bible says, that are not wavering back and forth, but that are steadfast. We need men that are going to stand and they're going to be steadfast. Amen. We need that this morning. And it would be a blessing if, we, if God could look down and say, at Lighthouse Baptist Church, there's a band of men that are after my, who, whose hearts I have touched and they're following wholeheartedly after me. Wouldn't that be a blessing if we had that here? Do we have that here? I don't know. I haven't been here long enough. Only you can answer that question. But you've got to be the ones that pursue after that. Because if you want to continue the way of the world, then you can go that way, but you're not going to fall in to what God has planned. And this band of men that God's talking about, you're not going to be a part of that. You're going to be somewhere drifting off the way of the world. You're going to be like these men that, that now you can't hardly tell if they're men or women. They got Backstreet Boyle style, style haircuts and, and they got all this mop head looking thing. I don't want none of that, folks. I want to be a part of a band of men that's going to stand firm and stand strong and preach the Bible the way it should be preached and taught. I don't want to get involved with, with uh, these sissy back men that are out here that don't know left from right. I want to be a part of men that are going to stand strong. Stand for the old-time religion. So we see here a band of men. God is looking for a band of men. You know, he's not looking for some, somebody to be in charge as much as he's looking for someone who live and die by the principles of the Word of God. You know, you see here, these band of men, they didn't necessarily ask for a king. But they, when, when they had instituted the king in verse number 26 and 27... There were men who decided in their hearts that since a king has been granted at our request, since there has been a king set over us, we're going to do right and we're going to be loyal and we're going we're to support our king. So we see here in verse number 26 that we see a band of men whose hearts God had touched. When I see that, God doesn't necessarily want somebody in charge as, he mu as much as he wants Somebody that is going to live by the principles of the Word of God. Amen. When you want to be in charge more than you want to live by the book, then you're 
off track. A lot of us get in places where we want to be in charge. We, wanna, we want to be the leader. We want to be the face of things. Folks, that don't matter. He is the leader. He is our king. Here today, we see here that they wanted a king, an earthly king. But they didn't want God to no longer be their king. I'm glad, folks, that I have a king in heaven, folks. He's my king, and I'm thankful that he's my king. But he doesn't care so much about people being in charge as much as you living by the word of God. So remember that. He wants you to live by the word of God. These men, there are some qualities about these men that I can say. They were a band of men whose hearts God had touched. Did they necessarily ask for an earthly king? I don't know that. Maybe they were. But the Bible doesn't tell me whether they were on that side or not. But the people as a whole wanted a king. So they, whatever may come, whatever, may, whatever circumstance you have in your life, you have to make a decision. Are you going to let God touch your heart or are you going to not? When God touches your heart, you're going to be loyal. When God touches your heart, you're going to be faithful. When God touches your heart, you're going to be bold. When God touches your heart, you're going to do what's right. Because these men, when they said, well, we got a king now. His name is Saul. We're going to be a part of the band of men that supports the king. By the way, God, after the, after the children of Israel said, we're going to have a king, God said, well, this is what you want. I'll institute it for you. His name is Saul. And so when God instituted that, then what do we got to do, folks? We got to do in line what God tells us to do. So when God instituted the king, they said here that they're going to be loyal. They're going to be faithful. They're going to be brave. They're going to do the will of God for what these band of men are supposed to do. These band of men were the band of men for, for Saul so that they could go out and conquer the land that was yet to be conquered. They were supposed to do the will of God. And so this morning, we need a band of men that are going to be loyal, that are going to be faithful, that are going to do the will of God. These men whose hearts God had touched were loyal to the king. Once you say they were loyal this morning, it, that, and that's the same way that, that we can be. We're not in authority of, of kingship, but we can be loyal to our pastor. We can be loyal to our parents if, if we're in that walk of life. We can be loyal to the authority in our lives. Because God has put that in our place to say, this is the way it is. Did you ask for it? No, but you can be loyal to the word of God by doing what you're supposed to be doing. Men who feared God and pledged allegiance to their king. These band of men, I know they feared God. Because if they didn't, they would be in verse number 27. The men of Belial, they didn't fear God. They didn't care about God. They were not in that band of men. But these band of men whose hearts God had touched, I want to be a part of that heart that God had touched to say, hey, I want to live by the book and die by the book and I want to go out to battle and do the will of God and do whatever God wants me to do. That's the way I want to be. I want to be touched in my heart by the hand of God this morning. These men feared God and they pledged allegiance to their king. They were there to encourage and to assist in God's work. You know, when, when you have a, a situation and you're here and you want to be a part of the band of men, you have to be here to encourage and to assist in God. This is God's plan anyway, folks. It's not my plan. 
It's not your plan. It's his plan. So as a band of men, as a people whose hearts that God has touched, you're, you're, you know what your responsibility is? Your duty is? Your duty is to be uh, assistive. Your duty is to be encouraging. Whatever God sets out for you, you ought to encourage. You ought to assist and you ought to do what's right to accomplish God's will. And we see here these band of men whose hearts God had touched. They wanted to accomplish God's will. This is what God had set up and they wanted to do his will, deliver his people. So we see here this morning we have faithful men. How do you know they were faithful men? They believed what was already put into practice enough to follow after it. They bought into it. How about it this morning? Are we buying into this Christian life? Are you, are, are you sold out? Are you sold out to the Christian life? Well, I go to church and I read my Bible and I'm talking about 100% sold out. I, I understand that we're going to fall short of the glory of God. I understand that. But I'm talking about, is it your desire to be sold out 100% to the will of God? Do you want to be a part of the band of men that are loyal to the king? Do you want to be a part of the band of men that are faithful for his cause? Do you want to be a part of the band of men that really believe what he said to believe? And in its life or death for you. Do I have to die for the gospel cause? Well, maybe one day you will. But, I, but are you willing? Are you willing? Is this life or death for you or is this just a side hobby for you? I don't want the Christian life to be a side hobby for me. The Christian life is who I am. It's what I am. I know what I am for the reason of who I am. So I'm not interested in, in letting this thing be a side hobby of mine. This is who I am. You have to own it for yourself. You have to buy into this Christian life. The Christian life is not easy. The Bible, I know you're saying, well, the Bible says that Jesus said that, uh, take my yoke upon you, and that's easy, I, and the burden is light. I know that. But he's not talking about that it's all going to be roses, and it's all going to be a cakewalk. He's talking about, hey, yay, all those that live godly in Christ Jesus are going to suffer persecution. And we got to be willing to face that. But you got to be sold out this morning. Dad, you got to be sold out. Men, you got to be sold out. It's either, it's either God's way or the highway. You got you to say, I'm going to stand strong and stand firm for what God wants me to do. If not, I'm telling you, folks, it, it causes so much damage when you're not all in. When you're half-hearted, when you got one foot in and one foot out, do you know how you are represented by the world? You look like this doesn't mean much to you. When your car leaves on Sunday morning, the folks know you go to church, right? Your neighbors? But do they say, well, he goes to church on Sunday morning, but he sure don't act like a Christian any other day of the week. It's responsibility. Are you buying into this Christian life? This isn't a, a business. This isn't a, a, a game plan, uh, a temporary. This is a life, folks, that we got to make a decision to say, hey, I want to be a part of that band of men whose hearts God has touched. Faithful men who believed and bought in. You know, it was their, Pastor, it was their duty and responsibility. It was their, by the way, folks, it's our duty too. If you name the name of Christ in your life, if the blood of Jesus has been applied to your heart, 
and us forgiving you of your sin. You know it's your duty this morning to be a part of this band of men whose hearts God has touched. You know, you can be, uh, you can be saved, but to be a part of this band of men, it's going to take a little more than just being saved. It's going to take a little more than that. You're going to have to be responsible enough to say, this is just not what I do. This is who I am. And so this morning, as we see around the rooms, dads and, and fathers and, and uh, men and women as well. I, as I say, women, you're a part of and, and ladies and, and wives, you're a part of the, the equation too. You're not left out. You're a part of it. It's a team effort. If, if the men aren't doing their part, then probably, ladies, you're not doing your part because the men are the leaders. So if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing together, and you have to be, buy into this thing of living the Christian life, it's their duty and responsibility. God touches our heart to bend our heart his way. You understand that? When you make a conscious decision to say, I'm going to be a part of the band of men, I'm going to be a part of the band of men whose heart God has touched. That's you making a conscious decision to say, I'm going to do that. You are opening yourself to say, God, whatever you want, that's what I want. When you want God to touch your heart, when you, when you come to a place to say, God, you can do whatever you want with my heart. I'm going to allow you to touch my heart and guide it whatever way you want me to go. You're opening yourself up to Allow God to bend your heart any way he wants you to go. That You're opening yourself up to say, I'm sold out. All life and death, this is what it means to me. Jesus is all the world to me. My life, my joy, my all. I'm sold out, folks. And I want to, by the way, tomorrow, it could be a different story. I could, I, I could be here today, and I could be under the bridge tomorrow, folks. But you have to make a decision as a Christian person to say, I want to be a part of the band of men whose hearts God had touched. I want to finish by saying this, three things. These, these men were men who believed. Men who believed, number one. They were men who believed. How do you know they believed? Well, they followed after Saul. They, they, they bought in on it. They said, God, this is, what, this is what you have for us. It's out of my control. I, I can't do nothing about King Saul now. He's already the king. God, you're no longer the king. Saul's the king. So I can't do nothing about that, but I can do something about following. And I can do something about being loyal. And I can do something about doing all this with all I am. Men who believe. They bought in on it because... They were abandoned men that followed after King Saul. Number two, they were men who took time for it. They took time to say, I'm going to do what God wants me to do, and I'm going to follow hard after the king. I'm going to be a part of the band of men whose, God, whose hearts God had touched, and I'm going to take time for it. Taking time for the This Christian life is just not five minutes in a day, and the, and the rest of it's yours, folks. The Christian life is... Every minute of every day, of every week, of every month, of every year of your life, folks. When you get saved, it's forever. It's not that, God, you get part of the time and I get the other part of the time. It's either you're all in or you're not, folks.
So are you going to be a part of the band of men? You've got to take time for it. And then number three, men who are responsible. You've got to be a responsible person this morning. And say, hey, I'm going to follow wholeheartedly after this, this, uh, this thing God, God's got for me. This Christian life that I have in front of me. I'm going to follow wholeheartedly after it. And I'm going to be responsible enough to do it. Responsibility comes by, by you showing that you can do it time and time again. And that you're responsible enough to manage your Christian life. You know, I know we have different things. We have job and work and we have family time and we have uh, church time and all that stuff. But none of that should be compromised for the Christian life. All of it works as a cog in a machine. Just like men and women work, your Christian life works in every aspect of your life. And you have to be responsible enough to say the Christian life spills over to every part of my life. Men who believe. You know, you know, we say that often, men who believe. Well, I believe. Well, do you really? Because does your life show that you believe? You can believe in word, but believing in action is to two totally different things. I can say I'm one person, but if I don't believe that way enough to do it, then I can't be that person. If I want to say I'm a Christian, but I don't believe it enough to live it, then I'm not going to do a very good job of living the Christian life. But if I say that I'm a Christian, and I believe it enough to do it in every aspect, folks, it goes far beyond what you can see. A lot of people say, well, you look like a Christian because you got a suit on. Well, it goes far beyond that, folks. It's a heart problem. It's a heart responsibility, believing here. Because when you believe in your heart, it goes from the heart all the way out. Amen. Your life. Amen. Number one, men who believe, men who take time for it. Christian life takes time, and we got to make time for it. Men who are responsible, number three. So we see here that we have a band of men whose heart God has touched. And I don't know about you this morning. But as we read verse number 27, But the children of Belial said, How shall this man save us? And they, they despised him and brought him no presence. I don't want to be a part of that other group that has nothing to do with... Uh, matter of fact, you can liken it to this. You may be saved, but you can be bucking up, up, up against what God tells you to do. You can get saved and not do much more after that. You can say, oh, oh this stuff, this is for you. And, and I don't know how, how saved you can be if you want to do that. But I'm just simply saying, folks, that if you're not going to be involved in the Christian life and you're going to act like the children in Belial, then you're not going to do what God has cho chosen you to do. You had to choose this morning. I want to be a part of the band of men or I want to be a part of the children in Belial. Well, folks... If you're not saved this morning, you're already the children of Belial. You've got to get the thing right. You've got to do what's the first step, and that's get born again. Amen. If you're not born again, then you're not going to have anything else. You can't be a part of the band of men until at least you've been born again. Amen. So we have two options here this morning as we see. We want to be a part of the band of men whose hearts God has touched. I pray that thought would burn in your heart this week. If you don't come back tonight, folks, you ought to come back to Sunday night church. 
But I'm saying if you don't come back tonight, you ought to let that burn in your heart all week. By the way, Christian folk need to come back on Sunday night, and I'm just saying. But what I'm simply saying is I want that thought to burn on my heart and say, I want to be a Christian, a sold-out Christian, a part of the band of men whose heart God had touched. Does God control your heart? Is he allowed to touch and to do as he wants to? This morning, God needs to help us in areas. He needs to help this preacher, and he needs to help us this morning. So as we see in 1 Samuel chapter number 10, could the folks, could they, did they have control over what happened? Not necessarily, but they did have control over what they were going to do. And they decided, these men, they were going to be banded together by the simple fact that God had touched their hearts. And we have to be a people, men especially, men and women, but men especially as we lead, we've got to be men whose hearts God had touched. Amen. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd bless the message this morning. It may be simple, it may be elementary, Father, but if we don't get a hold of the Christian life and we don't get it under control and we're not responsible enough for it, then, then we're not going to get much further than that and we're not going to be much of a, a band of men of any kind. But we need, a, we need folks here at Lighthouse Baptist Church, including myself, to be a part of this band of men whose hearts God has touched. I want to be willing, Father, whatever you want, I want to do. I want to be submissive to your will, Father. Whatever you want, I want to do. Let that, let that flow out from me and go all the way down to you, uh, to these people, Father. I pray you help us this morning. And uh, thank you for these dear fathers. Help them to make a decision to be men and fathers that are going to make a difference in Jesus.